Welcome to the Scottish Watches podcast. We have an exciting episode for you today. We caught up and said hello to Jody from Just One More Watch when he came over to Scotland to visit me and Dave and the family. Hulkamania is running through Zenith with our new Chronomaster Sport in Hulk Green. We've got a roundup of in-hand reviews of watches that have been sent in because it's been very busy at Scottish Watches Towers. Omega decided to use their grey matter for a change. And is the dink on the decline? All this and tons more in this episode of the Scottish Watches podcast. But I think we should probably get down and dirty and ask Dave if he's green with envy this week. Is he green with envy? Well, David's wearing a lot of green, so he could say he's green with envy, but no. And I'm going to guess that you're trying to create a funky lead-in here to a certain new watch that Zenith have brought out. You know what? We're going to talk about something later on where perhaps somebody has fallen, a giant has crumbled slightly, and we're going to try and pick up the mantle a bit, but a little bit more professional, try and pronounce our words slightly better, although I am going to butcher something later on, but we'll get to that. But you're quite correct. What are your thoughts on the Chronomaster Sport? This was a watch that came out a couple of years ago, and people said it looked a little bit like a Daytona, and it did. And we got one to play with, and the only negative comment that I had to make on on it was that the clasp scratched up quite easily that was it it sold out it was waiting listed can you ever remember a zenith that was waiting listed before but uh, yeah they've done some great things they've changed colorways they had the tricolor bezel with the different parts and different colored ceramics they brought out their precious metal versions and now they've just gone completely green they have can i remember anything that's been waited listed no i can remember things that there was a long wait for and never happened but that's a very different uh, conversation but in regards to this watch yes it got a bit of heat i guess initially didn't it i think what did the nickname it the zaytona i actually don't think it's as like a detona as a lot of people think it is it's similar i guess in that it's a chronograph and it's the layout's not materially different but then there's lots of watches that fall into that trope as well the case really when you do see it is quite Quite different to be honest. I quite like this green one, I have to say. There's a couple of cool things about it that I quite like, but is it too green? It reminds me, in terms of the greenness of it, a little bit of the Mont Blanc ice. I can't remember the exact model, but you know the ice diver they did, and they did the blue one and the, the green one and the black one. Yeah, their diver piece that was around about uh, Black Bay money, £3,000, just under that, something like 2700 And we loved it, I think, if you remember when it came out. But remember they did a really vibrant green one, and I loved it. And I ended up buying the blue one, because I just couldn't quite decide, could I live with a watch long term that's that green? And this Zenith is definitely green green ceramic bezel i believe it's a green ceramic dial as well so it's very color coded i think even the date window uh, or the date disc is color matched as well told i'm in i'm in where the place models mm, you say that i mean you know like this is the whole glasgow green blue thing as well that comes into play but most people won't understand that game i have to say on paper it looks great it's a bit weird as well that, you know in the in the chat you know in the 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 whatsapps that we've got going between various folk in the writing group and all of these folk they were talking about this watch because a few of the guys really are into zenith and someone commented is it a sunburst dial and it absolutely does not look like a sunburst dial in any of the images of i've seen that said the description of it is a ceramic sunburst effect dial and i just can't see it so i think this is definitely going to be a watch that will be a case of let's see it in hand before i form too strong an opinion on it price point as well mm, not out of kilter to be honest with lots of stuff that's out there but again for me maybe fractionally punchy for what it is spec for spec on paper but like I say most of the big brands now a high spec chronograph is about 10k plus these days which is a huge sum of money it has to be said but yeah I think I'm going to say like it 
but remain to be completely convinced. What say you? I like it. I'm not a green watch person, but I'm going to go back in my world in about 20 minutes time because I have a green mini on the desk that we're going to talk about and showcase. I like this. And I like things that are completely colour coordinated. And you're right, the date disc does feature the same hues of green. I appreciate it. It's 41mm. The one that we had in two, three years ago to check out, it wore well. And I know you said it doesn't really look like the Daytona, but it really does. When you actually compare them like for like, they're very, very similar. But El Primero Movement, Zenith, the Master of Chronographs, all that kind of stuff, it works very well. And this is limited to 250 pieces. So chances are by the time you listen to this, it will be gone. But it is nice and it's good to see Zenith doing more things instead of just relying on perhaps their basic Defy range or their Defy 21s or their extremes. Because I got the chance to check out a Calcox edition. I was in Glasgow, as I normally am, it's my locale. I popped into their Gale Arcade, went in to see the guys at James Porter, because obviously, got to check out one of those Zins that you mentioned that had the Mother of Pearl dial. They had one in the window. So I asked nicely if Libby could take it out and show it to me, and she did. And I got a little video clip that I will drop in the show notes. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you should go and check out the YouTube video, probably towards the end of the week, Friday, Saturday, that should come out. But it is absolutely stunning. Then I went along the way, had a look in the rocks window, and they had the Carl Cox edition of the Defy Extreme. Asked nicely if I could check it out, and they took me upstairs into the boutique. Didn't actually put it on wrist, because it was all covered in the cellophane and the stuff to protect it, but I got to check it out. I got to feel the heft of that beastie. And Zenith, at Watch and Wonders this year, they gave one of the best presentations that we've experienced. Same last year when we went along. And this one here, it'll definitely appeal to people. It's got the Hulk look even better well implemented than the Rolex Hulk that was discontinued a few years ago. Price point, it is just a touch under $13,000. So as you say, a little bit punchy, but there's a lot going on there and it is limited edition, so it'll retain its value more than the standard offerings. Don't know if it'll come to the UK because our UK press guys for Zenith didn't actually let me know about this one. So I'm not sure what the availability will be like if indeed there are some still left. Well, I think it's probably going to be quite US-centric because the whole theme is it's based around an American football player. An American football, as we all know in Europe, is neither football nor rugby. It's kind of one of these pretend sports. Yeah, so, you know, it's not great, is it? You know, you have to wear helmets and, you know, play real rugby or get a round ball and play soccer stroke football. But, you know, we'll come back to that. So this is all based around a player called Aaron Rodgers who apparently played for the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Doesn't mean anything to me. Apparently he was quite good. Apparently he's had a long career. So I think this will probably be quite US orientated because you know whilst there's a little bit of American football outside of the US let's be honest it's a very American sport so maybe most of the business over there although I think it is available globally on their e-commerce channel so if you do really want one go for it doesn't seem super heavily branded to me um, which is a good thing in my opinion so even if American football is not your thing and you just like green and you just like zenith then it's probably not going to be too far off the mark but yeah uh, as I say remains to be seen to be completely convinced but I'll probably never see one because there's only 250 of them I'll tell you something we did get to see the lesser spotted Jody from just one more watch he's been on his travels he hit Dubai he hit Italy he hit England and then he came up to the homeland he came to Scotland not specifically to see me and Dave although that was part of his master plan we had hoped 
We had promised that we could catch up with him, we could record some content in real life, but time was against us, time was against him and his new family because little Just One More Watch was also in attendance along with his good lady. But we did catch up for a brief lunch in Glasgow City Centre in the Merchant City and it was it was a good laugh. We watched a child of 18 months try to eat spaghetti with its hands. That was interesting. Did a better job than Dave usually does. And we got to see some cool watches, we got to see the Erebus in real life and it is definitely a winner. If you've not got involved in the pre-order window and you were thinking about it, maybe you were sitting on the fence a little bit there where it's painful, definitely go for it if you like the colourways that are available. You had a look at it, Dave. In real life, what were your thoughts? I guess it has to be said, bang for buck, it's on the mark. You'll either love or hate the aesthetic of it. It's definitely got feels and vibes of homage to some well-known watches out there, which is not a bad thing, but it depends whether you like those watches, I guess, as to whether you'll like this. But in terms of spec, for price and what you're getting, it's a winner. Some of the dial colours float my boat, some less so. Strangely, I think the one we saw, if I remember rightly, was an orange dial, which should absolutely be my thing, but it wasn't quite the orange that I would vibe with. But some of the other colours really are pretty cool. Bracelet on it seems to be a pretty solid bracelet for the money as well. So yeah, all things considered... It's a great value pack. And he was very, very coy. He would only say they've sold well. He wouldn't commit to give us any depth of detail, no matter how much we threatened him with violence. But then, of course, he threatened us with his young child would just spread spaghetti bolognese everywhere, which he did successfully on his own right anyway. Yeah, and we also got to show him some new watch that have come into Scottish Watches Towers. He got a bit of a sneak peek ahead of you guys, but we got to show him the new Christopher Ward Moon phase that was in for review a couple of weeks ago there. Great episode, if you've not heard that, where we actually had one of the designers, the main designer from Christopher Ward, who also does Jubecks. He was on the show talking about designing different watches, the pros, the cons, the stumbling blocks they hit, and how they actually achieved greatness for such a pocket-friendly price. Dave compared it to something else that was 10 times the price, and I think the Christopher Ward did pretty good. It was a David and Goliath show, so that's a good one to check out. Showed Jody that. He liked it. Then we showed him the Sega designs that arrived. Dave talked about his Blue Planet Blue Edition and Titanium last week. We actually got the black version through, so that was there. And there was an Italian number I got to show him, so we're going to get into all that. Should I probably showcase the Italian one to start with, Dave? Why don't you showcase it? But before you showcase it, or whilst you're showcasing it, let's hear how Ricky's pronunciation is of three separate words to do with this watch this time. It's great when the ball's in the other foot. The ball's in the other foot? Mm. How low are your balls? <laughs> I mean, at this age, they dangle. Fairly. It's the pendulum effect. We're going to try and pronounce this as Venezianico Narede Made Perla. I'll say your brand pronunciation, but I think that was pretty much on the ball. Yeah. No, it's not as if I maybe WhatsApped the guys that run the company and said, listen, I'm recording a show in 20 minutes. Any chance you can record a voice note that tells me how to pronounce this quite slowly and I'll give it a shot. So we'll put in the voice note and we'll see how close we got there, Dave, shall we? Venezianico Narede Made Perla. Perfect. There we go. Hope you enjoyed that, folks. So, I mentioned at the start of the show, a green mini, something that is all green, and this is it. This is the the aforementioned watch I'm not going to try and pronounce again. You heard me try it there. And this has been sent across from the guys in Italy. If you're watching the YouTube video, yeehaw. If you're not, you'll have to check the show notes for pictures of this beauty, because it is absolutely stunning. And this is a case where, even if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, I would heartily recommend at the weekend you go and check out the 
YouTube video because this is tremendous. It has got a tungsten bezel, something you do not really see much anymore. Dave and me have talked about tungsten quite a bit. It is hard wearing, very difficult to manipulate and work with, and it's extremely heavy. So this watch is actually a lot more heavy than you would predict just looking at it. It's got a strap that initially I hated. I thought the strap on this watch was terrible. But then I wore it and understood why. It doesn't feel like an FKM rubber. It doesn't feel like a lot of the straps that we've had on the show before. It contours very well to your wrist and it holds the watch there. And with that extra heft of the tungsten, this is a bonus. This wins. And it's got a very nice, unique smell to it. I wouldn't say it's vanilla because, well, you know, you know where vanilla comes from. And the dial is obviously the main thing that you'll want to check out. It is absolutely stunning. They've used Mother of Pearl but they've applied a process to it. They mention it on their blog, on their website, and it appears to be a lacquering process where they have a green dye. So you have all the intricacies of our Mother of Pearl dial, but instead of having the purple and the green and the blue hues, it's just got this ethereal kind of, I don't know, Northern Lights, Aurora Borealis look to it. You definitely do have to look in the show notes to see what we're talking about here. Everything about it is fantastic. Internally, we've got a Sleet SW200-1 Swiss made movement. You've got a couple of hundred meters of water resistance. You don't have a color match date disc but you don't need it because the aperture has got a great little reflective surround in mirror finish silver. So everything about that works and as I say the strap itself it contours phenomenally well to the wrist. You got to see this. What did you think of it in real life? So it brought back a little blast from the past for me because I actually was one of the sensible people will go with who backed this on Kickstarter back in the day and actually whilst you were regaling the tale of this watch I actually looked quickly back to see and the very one I bought back in 2017 was a I actually pronounced it as Neride, but I think you said it's pronounced Nerida, and I actually got one back in 2017. So yes, I am kind of on board with this. Great looking colour. They have, it has to be said, improved over the years as well. That was one of the very first watches they brought to market via Kickstarter, and they've successfully managed to build a healthy business for themselves. They're still here in 2023, which it has to be said, it can't be said for an awful lot of watches that start off on Kickstarter. They're either one hit wonders don't ever deliver watches or kind of peter out but these guys have managed to stick it out so yeah i really like this one i also found that i bought a second one for them and i am confused as to where that watch currently is so i'll need to go digging for it but they did another one which i think was the it was italian for arsenal or it was arsenal and it was about a royal shipyard in italy as well that they did back in the day so they've done some cool watches and this one that you have it has to be said if you like green as well then this one's a little bit more subdued than the zenith we were talking about a deeper more lustrous green i think would be fair to describe it so yeah for the money as well i think what this is in and about the 650 to 700 pound mark yeah the price point is something to really talk about here because for all the bits and bobs we showed you there and talked about the tungsten bezel the fact it's got the mother of pearl dial the fact it's had this die coating to it it's got the contouring strap the sw200 inside it 676 quid which is absolutely astounding we're talking even less expensive than christopher ward and dare i say it more punchy you know i, I love christopher ward i talk about him all the time in the show it's a step up from the likes of your zelos and your notice where perhaps it's a seiko tmi industries nh35a inside and the finishing is really good but the finishing on this one is even better 
And this is a brand that me and Barbara spoke to when we were over at Vicenza Oro in January. And January is just around the corner, around November. Can you believe it already? And I'm looking forward to catching up with those guys again at the start of the year because this is tremendous. So yeah, a fantastic little watch. Really happy that the guys got this sent across. We've been speaking back and forward with them for months and months. We were aiming to try and get them on the show. Hasn't quite happened yet. But yeah, this is an absolute winner. Let's talk about niggles. There aren't any. I really am genuinely saying that. The only negative thing I could say about it was the strap. I wasn't quite sure on it, but actually it is fantastic and it works with it. I understand why it is here. And the only other slight negative thing, which happens with all watches, is because the bezel is so highly polished, it is an absolute fingerprint magnet. But if you can handle that and you don't finger it too much, you'll be absolutely fine. And as you mentioned earlier, one of the other watches that you had taken along with you was one of the Sega designs. And this was the blue planet albeit a very different version to the one i have which is the titanium cased version that was the entry and an actual winner of gphg you had one of the ceramic case versions in a gold gilt variant which was altogether a bit more bobby dazzler than my one which has to be said even mine with the blue earth and the seas on there is quite in your face but the one you've got is a awful lot more in your face yeah i was really impressed with what you showed me on the screen and i had asked them to send me across the black version which is black ceramic with the gold gilding on it and i almost emailed to say if it's not in transit any chance we could change it because i wanted to check that out but no it was in transit i didn't get into with them i didn't ask i let things unfold the way they should be so let me tell you all about this watch because it is different significantly different from the one that you had and as dave says check out the show notes and you can play along at home see all the pictures all the spec have all the links to all these watches and these will also end up on our instagram because there have been a ton sent in there's been a drought at scottish watches towers and then suddenly the floodgates have opened it's been like santa's little grotto here for watches to check out and we're very happy to bring them to you guys so as dave mentioned on the prior show and i'm not going to bore you too much by going over it in extreme detail this watch here won the challenge prize at the gphg in 2021 and the arrangement of it is just phenomenal it has got an intricate dial crafted with micro engraving and a multi-layer 24 karat gilding process looking on their website it takes around about 12 to 15 hours to cnc carve the actual spherical part in the middle and the way the watch works is you don't have hands you have got kind of discs you've got the center sphere that has got a compass on it as part of the world globe and where the point of the compass comes out to the rehot that tells you what time it is you can use it as a one-handed watch a little bit like a meister singer as i mentioned or you can go a little bit deeper depending how your eyesight is and it's got an automatic movement inside because if you flip it over you can obviously see the black ceramic case but you've got a slightly machine decorated movement inside they don't tell you exactly what it is i'm not entirely sure but the rotor's decorated it's got some anglage some engine turning marks on it and it has got the gphg winner sticker on the back it doesn't stick out quite as badly as some so you can get past that and you can actually see straight through into the back it comes with a rado style ceramic bracelet it has attracted a lot of attention jody quite liked this one he said he'd actually seen the other version as well but this one did appeal so if you're interested jump onto their website don't go to amazon amazon's actually more expensive but if you jump onto their website you can pick this up for around about 1500 quid 1500 pounds and it is well worth it if you like it because it's fully ceramic it's got that nice automatic clear case back movement and you've got the 24 karat gilded plus great presentation box couple of straps you really can't go wrong i have to say i quite like this i think i think i prefer 
the original titanium one. This one's just a little bit too shiny. You mentioned there that, you know, that's domed sapphire crystal catches all the light. And when I was talking about my one recently and I was trying to do it exactly as you're doing now, it caught all the light as well. So it's a bit of a nightmare that way, although it doesn't affect it day to day when you're wearing it. I do prefer that slightly toned down version of the titanium case. I have also played with and handled and very, very nearly bought the white ceramic version of this watch that they did and I have to say it was nearly the white watch that scratched that itch that both you and I have of wanting this all white summery watch so yeah black one's really cool this is definitely I think your colour palette that kind of very black toned down watch you do like a black ceramic watch it has to be said so I think this is very you for me titanium one or maybe the white one but if it was buy one to wear all the time i'm going to stick with my titanium option i do like this one you're right black is my color and black and gold always goes well together would you call it a dress watch i, I really don't know where to place this it's, it's not really a sports watch what would i call it that's a very good question it's definitely not a sports watch it's not a dress watch either it's probably in the truest sense of the phrase novelty and the watch industry love to say oh this is a new novelties i think it very much does fall into it's a novelty you can wear it pretty much i would say in most occasions the shape of the case does lend itself to slide under a cuff as well and it's not the slimmest watch in the world but at the same time it's also very wearable so i think it's a bit of a do it all not the world's easiest watch to just quickly glance at and tell the time it has to be said that said most folks probably will just tell their time on their phone like we do anyway and it's more wrist decoration so yeah i like it but i don't know where to classify it let's call it a watch okay we'll call it a watch but no it's it's fantastic i really do like it and it's the second sega that i have got my grubby little mitts on the first one obviously was the gorilla x from last year yeah fantastic work there uh 46 mil and it's a sphere or it's kind of a flattened sphere the way it contours it doesn't actually feel like 46 mil so again it's one of these watches that if you like the look of it or if you want to check it out and you're thinking of buying it and you're thinking of keeping it then amazon do 30 day money back guarantees it turns out just to let you know 22 mil strap on there you can change it out it's got quick release spring bars so you can obviously just dick around with that do what you like it doesn't have a screw down crown so yeah 30 meters water resistant means that you can wash your hands carefully but you can take it in the shower. You don't want moisture or any heat getting into that thing there because it will just bugger it right up. Now, Dave, from one ceramic watch to slightly lighter ceramic colours, you've got to see something in real life and I hope you've got some video clips of it that we can put in YouTube and in the show notes. I indeed have a couple of quick and nasty shots that I took of it. We're talking about the Omega Seamaster Planet Ocean GMT Dark Grey. I watched it. It kind of popped up out of nowhere. Uh, they didn't do much in the way of press releases, although Omega either make a huge amount of noise or not a lot of noise at all. So that didn't come as a huge surprise. But what did come as a bit of a surprise was the price point. Because, you know, most folk look at the watch and then look at the price. And this one had a price tag of £21,000 or nearly €24,000. Which if anyone knows the Planet Ocean, even the ceramic ones, they're nothing like £20,000. More like £10,000-£11,000. So what gives has to be said. Basically, it's got a titanium movement in it now. Now, this is a big thing because actually previously Omega have only done a titanium movement in one watch and folk might cast their mind back to the Seamaster Aquaterra Ultralight that was their golf watch coming in at a not insubstantial £50,000. Now, it 
really was the precursor, I guess, to this in regards to a titanium movement, getting the weight of that watch right down. It also had that kind of funky hidden crown in there as well. But this, by all accounts, is the second watch that Omega have done with a titanium movement. And when you turn the watch over, you have the display case back in there and you can see straight away, you've got that duller, anthracite grey feel and vibe that you'll get from titanium rather than that bright finished steel or that plated steel that you'll traditionally get on most movements. Also, the ceramic used for the case is a very different type of ceramic. This is a silicon nitride ceramic. Now, it is about half the weight of the traditional zircon ceramic that's used in the vast majority of ceramic watches and most ceramic, in fact, all other ceramic watches by Omega use zircon ceramic as opposed to this. As soon as I get handed it, it was so noticeable. Now, this is no small dainty little watch by any stretch of the imagination. It's a big beast. 45.5 mil by 17.4 mil thick. So it's a chunk of a watch, but it weighs almost nothing. Now, I actually don't, I think, have it. I think it's round about 107 grams. Need to confirm that, but I'm sure it's round about 107 grams from my memory. It is ridiculously light for a big, chunky technical dive watch. It also has the titanium dial on there as well in the grey with just little touches of orange tip of the second hand or the GMT hand also has a little bit of orange and a tiny little bit of orange text on there. I think it looks fabulous and unlike other ceramic Planet Oceans which have ceramic crowns, ceramic bezels, ceramic uh, helium escape valves, this one has titanium parts there again to further just make sure that the weight is right down on this watch. It's a weird colour of grey, which seems a bit funny because grey is a boring colour, but it's a very distinctive lighter to mid-grey colour palette on there as well. I absolutely love this watch. Would I pay 21 grand for it? Mm, that's a big question. It's a very specific purchase, it has to be said. But many folk who kind of threw their hands in the air and were, oh my God, it's £21,000. They're idiots. What are they thinking? Well, they're thinking it's a titanium movement and a pretty innovative ceramic material for the case as well. So it's a solid pass from me, not necessarily one that I'll add to the collection, but definitely a solid pass. This is the part of the show where Dave usually says, what do you think, Ricky? And he didn't ask this time because he probably knows what I think. And I think it's a lot of money, but it's a lot of watch. And if you're liking crazy, weird stuff more than perhaps the Sega design, more than perhaps a tungsten bezel, and you like the intricacies and you don't want to spend 50 grand, I don't think you'd even spend 50 grand any longer and get that golf watch, but I do remember when that one came out. But you actually can still get, the golf watches are still available, and bizarrely there's one of the colour, I think it might be the Rory McElroy Special Edition, is about a thousand or so more than the others. So most of them are just under 50, and the McElroy version is just over 50. So they are still available they're still in the catalogue i guess it's two-fifths of the price of that watch and it's a different proposition but twenty-one thousand is a lot of money it has to be said but the price of most omegas has gone up as well i mean you've said on the show and we've noticed even the price of the apollo 8 that i picked up in 2019 i mean it's just risen and risen and risen and the second hand value has also followed it's, it's dipped a little bit obviously with everything that's happened recently but omega are putting their prices up potentially even further than Rolex are. But no, this watch is not for me. When I like ceramic, I would rather have it in black because you get that lustrous, deep gloss shine of a freshly waxed, a freshly ceramic coated car. 
And with the Seeger design, with the Apollo 8, some of the, the surfaces in the Apollo 8 have a brushing effect, but some of them are absolutely beautiful because they reflect the light like a mirror. With a grey or even the white, I think a white watch in ceramic starts to look like plastic. And it's only when you feel how cold it is and you hold the material in your hand, you notice the differences, the subtleties. But for ceramic, I just reckon it has to be black. Bear, talking of black... And a very quick aside, we have talked about it before, which was the other planet ocean we recently discussed, that being the ETNZ in the turquoise palette there, America's Cup watch. I got to see it in person as well. And oh my God, it's good. The colour is absolutely magnificent. You'd love it because you like a bit of turquoise as well in your life these days. And it is a lustrous black ceramic case in it. Only thing is, it's a chronograph. But I guess that's the whole idea of this watch. It's a kind of yacht timer come chronograph. But the colour palette on it is every bit as good as we thought it was going to be and I'm glad I got to handle that as well and it's a much more reasonable although not inexpensive 12-ish thousand pounds as well chronograph function the black's on there for you that turquoise great looking watch as well okay uh, something Dave didn't know about was when I went into Glasgow to have a wander round I went to the new tag boutique that opened up around a month ago now unfortunately we couldn't go to the opening night because we had a million and one other things on it probably that weekend when we were in Spain and missed out on everything else that was happening in Ireland and down south I dropped in there and had a quick look around and actually met one of the sales guys he came forward to speak to me his name is Ben and young chap he told me he was a scuba instructor over in I think it was Cyprus or something like that but he's come across back to the UK and he actually knows exactly what he's talking about it's great to see somebody I think he's only 19 he said somebody that young that passionate that when they get a job in retail sales in a watch store and tag is affordable luxury everybody knows that it's not the, the craziness of Leyland and Zona or Vacherons or things like that you know and he, he knows his stuff so it was great having a chat with him but the reason I bring this up is there was a turquoise tag hoyer the one that we spoke about on the show that looks like it's got little parts of Tron in it so I got to check that out in real life put it on the wrist have a good look at it as he explained all about the internal movement the calibre that's inside it and again he knew everything that he needed to know about which is fantastic to see so yeah uh, turquoise turquoise has definitely been the colour of this year we've actually got a consignment coming from the folks over at Norcane including their wild one so again in the next show the one after we'll be talking about those yep it definitely is the colour of the year I have to say and you've come round to saying it correctly as well or pronouncing it correctly correctly I didn't even pronounce that correctly that was perfect perfect at time perfect fucking timing so uh ricky noticed anything about the dink i like dinky i've said this in the show i watch their videos i read the website i have done for a number of years but there have been a lot of changes and people have commented over the past well probably a couple of years since they got investment from different places lvmh group john mayer took an interest in things that it's changed also the masthead has completely changed over the past couple of years. Lots of familiar faces, renowned characters within the watch industry and journalism have disappeared. New faces have appeared. They've got YouTube creators. They have got podcasters. They've got influencers involved, which is not a negative thing, but they seem to have lost their way a little bit and they're not showcasing as much as they used to. There is a definite slant on these are the things we sell in our shop, therefore these are the things we talk about. And a point to make there, a point in case would be, 
On their website, there is a link that takes you to all the releases. They call it all the new watches of 2023, and every year this updates. And before me and Dave do a show, we obviously have our show notes that we build every week. We look through our emails, we look through our messages, our WhatsApp, our Instagram, etc. But we also go around all the blogs just to see if something has appeared there that we don't know about, because not every company will send us a press release as of yet. And I went to this page to see if there was anything I had missed, and I thought I'd loaded a cached version of the page because nothing had changed in the last week almost. And then I counted to see how many new watches Hodinkee reckoned had been released in the month of October this year. It could be 100, it could be 200, there's tons and tons of watches. We talk about at least three or four watches per episode and we do two shows a week. They only had seven watches listed for the entirety of October. That was a little bit strange to me. Then I remembered one of the WhatsApp groups that me and Dave are in, people were talking about an article that appeared on Hodinkee and it's still prominently featured on their front page and it was titled How to Wear It, the Chopin Alpine Eagle. I obviously would just have skimmed past this because it's not a piece I would have read but due to the comments on WhatsApp saying you need to go and have a look at this because it's not the usual stuff Hodinkee put out and then look at the comments. So I did, I scrolled through it and I had a look at it and it was very odd, it was a fashion piece. First of all, the title was crazy. It's like, how to wear a watch. Well, we all know how to wear a watch, but the pictures just didn't gel with the general Hodinkee audience. Again, not a negative thing if it's, if it's your type of thing, but it seemed to blow back in the way that they used to do things and the audience they have. And the comments were saying, you guys have lost your way. You've jumped the shark. And it's a real sad reflection on things because even recently, I heard that a couple of the old Hodinkee folks have now moved on to other places. I was actually contacted by one of their prior writers who's now working for the New Yorker we spotted that another person that worked there quite high up is now with Revolution this week so I really don't know what's going on I enjoy reading some of the stuff but they just seem to have lost their way a little bit and that Ed Sheeran watch that we talked about that we would have expected to sell out because it's limited edition and a G-Shock and inexpensive you can still buy them on the website No absolutely and I know exactly the article you're talking about and it caught my eye actually weirdly for a different reason. Now I think that the model that has been used in this is a real life model but I don't know why the minute I saw it I got this really strong vibe that it was an AI generated image it just has that feel about it it feels very unreal and it and as you mentioned as an article it just doesn't kind of fit into what you expect from Hodinkee and as you mentioned as well Hodinkee has changed over the years but it's always had an undertone of the same type of vibe and flavour as in knowing its audience but this just felt very much like something you would expect to see in Tatler or Vanity Fair or GQ one of the kind of big famous fashion magazines not a watch orientated blog so who knows what's going on with those guys but it's definitely all hands and all change so let's see what happens fingers crossed that they write the ship before they completely jump the shark to mix lots of metaphors and different things together there but uh, from the old guard of media to the new whippersnappers Logan sounds off as a podcast from the son of a prior guest to the show and a keen listener somebody we chat to all the time and that's Brian from Ireland his son Logan at the age of around about 10 interviewed me for his little podcast which was little at the time Logan sounds off and I had great fun chatting to the wee guy he is phenomenal he's now a watch collector as is his sister along with his dad don't think his mum's too happy about that part but we'll move on from there but this podcast that he's been running now for a number of years where he brings on different guests and it could be people that are authors it could be people in the media or more prominently members of bands musicians singers those kind of folks and he had a really amazing guest on recently 
family that attracted a lot of eyeballs on his YouTube as well as listeners to the podcast in audio format. And that was Ian McKay from Fugazi, a band I know nothing about, not my style of music, but it has racked up tons of positive comments and feedback. So if that's a band that you've heard of, if that's a guy you've heard of and you're interested in that kind of thing, check the show notes for a link straight to that episode of his podcast and subscribe because he's a brilliant wee guy. And I reckon in a couple of years time, we might actually bring him on here to talk about his watch collection. So well done to Logan and well done to Brian and his missus for bringing such a great upstanding member of the future community to the greater larger world. Always great to see, you know, young folk who are creative getting a voice, so to speak, and the beauty with podcasts, the beauty with YouTube and all of these media platforms that now are out there is people younger than ever are able to kind of express themselves and actually learn all the things that took us a lot longer to learn. So by the time they are even a lot younger than I am, they're going to be an awful lot more professional than we'll ever be. That is completely correct. Uh, he's doing great things. He has got some new guests coming up. We're not allowed to tell you exactly who, but there is one we're allowed to say. And that is a member of an old band from, I think it was Ireland, called Stiff Little Fingers. So um, read into that what you will. I'm not sure if Brian was taking the piss out of me with that one. But yeah, check it out. And it's time to do the thing we always forget to do early in the show, and that is the wrist checks. And I'm going to go first because Dave likes to come second. And the watch I have got on the wrist today is from Citizen. And you'll know as well as I do on this show, we like to talk about bargains. Well, you could call this watch a bit of a steal. And the reason for that is we were promised a couple of these watches to check out a number of months ago. And when they were finally sent to us from the PR team, they went missing in the post. And this is the first time for us at least that a watch or watches have been sent to us and they have been thiefed along the way. But it wasn't Royal Mail. It wasn't even the fake DHL emails that I got last week and talked about and showcased on the show. It was using what used to be known as Hermes or Hermes and they are now called Every. They tried to change their name in a bit of a windscale, Sellafield kind of thing. But they are just as dodgy as they have ever been. Although I would recommend any watch companies or PR agencies are looking to send watches out in future don't write citizen watches inside on the outer packaging you're just asking for a world of problems but this watch here Dave how do you pronounce it? Tiosa. That one so this watch here is that and it is fantastic another absolute bargain that punches far above its weight class citizen we say all the time do great things we really do hope there is going to be a grand citizen in the future but with things like this coming in at under 300 pounds UK including VAT I don't know if they need to the one that we've been sent across is absolutely fantastic. Actually, two have been sent across. There was one that has got this kind of teal ombre effect. It's Fumi out to the Rehot. We were talking there about hidden crowns. And this one has almost got a hidden crown as well. It sits down at, the, as Dave would say, the, the half four o'clock position. Really cool watch. Comes in a nice little bracelet. It's a Rolex President style. It's not Jubilee. It's not Oyster. And there are a range of different dial colours from yellow to green to black to blue and it is just a really funky looking watch. If I was to describe it, I would say it's fallen into that category of late where you've got your Tissot PRXs, you've got your Christopher Ward 12s, but at 300 bucks with an automatic movement inside, date, clear case back, and semi-decorated movement. I don't think you can go far wrong. Dave, have you got any of these? Have you seen these? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do I have any? No. Do I want some? Yes. I remember having a heated discussion with some members of the city Citizen UK team suggesting that there's a few models from the Citizen range that were not ranged within the UK marketplace that definitely should be. Then these came along and it was heavily suggested that they should be 
part of the range because initially they were not. And these, as many people know, have been out in the Japanese and I believe the US market for probably about 12 to 18 months. And they finally made their way to these fair shores, that being the UK and Europe. And I'm so glad they have as well. 299, everyone always says the Tissot PRX is a bit of a bargain. This is a bargain. The PRXs these days are what, Ricky? Around about the £500 mark for the automatic versions. I think the quartz versions are still coming in at the 350-ish mark, but this at £300 or less than £300 all in for an automatic watch that looks absolutely fabulous with a whole plethora of colours, similar again to the PRX from Tissot. It's an absolute winner, this watch. I think it just really is a watch that anyone that wants an automatic watch can get behind. And what's the alternatives? You could maybe get a Seiko 5, something of that ilk, but that's a much sportier, chunkier type watch. This has got sports but dressy vibes to it as well. So as a bit of a wear it everywhere, this is a win. It is super impressive. You've got a crazy collection of citizens. You've got like one of the world's thinnest watches that we did a video on a couple of years ago. There'll be links in the show notes to that. But they just do great things. They impressed the balls off me at one of the Basel Worlds that I went to maybe 2018, just before it closed. And they had the best display in the place with all these movements hanging around just in midair. It was mesmerising. But they just, when it comes to watches, they do great things as well. Clear case back, as I mentioned, on the front, it has got a polished bezel, but it's not the kind of polished bezel that's going to catch on things. It's quite a steep uplift towards the actual crystal itself, so it's not going to get scuffed and scratched, and that recessed crown just hides away, so when it's actually on the wrist and facing away from you, you don't see it. Date magnifier, otherwise known as a cyclops, doesn't have a colour match date disc, but it doesn't really need to because the magnifier draws your attention away from that. Applied loomed markers, we should probably talk about negatives and there aren't any at this price point. And if you go to their website, again, you can get 10% off if you're a first time buyer. The only thing I'm not 100% on is the clasp. At this price point, you ain't going to get better, but it would suit it more if it had one of those kind of butterfly arrangements, those scissor clasps. Everything else is top notch. The only thing to wear in mind is you're not going to be able to change this one out and put a different strap on it because it has got this integrated bracelet. That is the only two minor niggles, but as I say, at 299 bucks with a potential 10% saving as well, you really can't go wrong. So that's my wrist check done. Time to flip the camera over to Dave and ask him what he's got on the wrist today. So what's Dave wearing today? Dave is wearing his Hermes Slimmed Hermes Titan, which is the French. And this is the titanium version of a watch they had released a few years previous to this in a steel case, and they decided to do a titanium version, which I think really elevated this watch up to where it wanted to be. The steel version was popular and it was really, you know, quite a mark in terms of where Hermes were at the time. Micro rotor movement, but when they went to titanium, for me, it really just elevated it up to where it wanted to be. 39.5 millimetres in size, so a very good size for many people, and just an a smidgen over six millimetres thick, so very thin and very wearable as well. This has the matching titanium Hermes style pin buckle on there as well, with the alligator strap in grey with the orange edging. Full display case back on there, with none of that pesky printing or pictures or wordage put onto the case back, so you get the movement in all its glory, a micro rotor movement there. Now, nothing particularly fancy 
in terms of finishing, very much machine finish, but you've got lots of the little Hermes H's. Check out the show notes if you want to see that. And as mentioned, extremely thin as well. Predominantly a kind of bead blasted finish on the majority of the case, albeit you've got this brushed bezel ring on there as well. I think this is a fantastic dress style watch for people who don't really do dress watches, which is the category that I most definitely fall into. I even love the little details like on the lug here where you've got the little kick in so that the strap looks like it's kind of integrated into the lug. So that is what I am wearing this week. That dial looks very much like a cockpit of a car. Is it in any way, shape or form linked to motorsport or anything? Is that hinted in it at all? Because it does look like either a rev counter or a speedo. Nope, certainly nothing I've ever read or seen in terms of marketing materials from Hermes has ever hinted at there being that. It's got a sandwich style dial on there as well. Very thin, but it has definitely got that recess where the numbers are cut out and then there is a thin coloration below it as well. I get where you're coming from. It does have that feel about it, but I don't believe that there was ever any thematic reason in terms of cars or dashboards for this watch dial. But very distinctively Hermes, it has to be said, if you were to remove the name, I think most watch people would be able to tell you that that styling and fonting was very much from the Hermes brand. Fair enough, thought I'd ask because it kind of reminded me of the Reservoir watches a little bit, some of the, the Porsche watches. Yeah, but just wanted to ask, you know what it's like. We should probably tell people what we've been up to. I've kind of already said we met Jody. I went into Glasgow. I had a look at Zen watches. I had a look at Tag watches. But that's about it, really. That's about all my travels. But Halloween is upon us. We're recording this the day after when everything is quiet, when we don't have any of the trick-or-treaters at the door. But instead of dressing up this year, because I just didn't have time, lots of family stuff going on behind the scenes, I did catch up with something that came out over 30 years ago. And for any of our UK audience, or perhaps people across the world that have heard of this, there was a TV show, a one-off called Ghost Watch. And this came out around about 1992. It must have been exactly 1992 on Halloween. And do you remember this one, Dave? That's the first question. It rings a bell, but I am struggling to place it exactly, but it definitely rings a bell. Let me set the scene for you. So for somebody around about my age who was just hitting high school at the time, back in the days before you had tons of choice when it came to TV channels or the internet where you could check Twitter to see what people are saying about current programmes, this appeared on television on BBC One. And it was staffed by host Michael Parkinson. You had Sarah Green. You had Mike Smith, which was her husband, I believe, at the time. So it wasn't actors and actresses. It was presenters from decent TV shows. And it was covering a family that had a haunted house. And they did problems for months and months and months. They brought this TV crew in to see if anything crazy would happen on Halloween night. And as the show unfolded, lots of weird stuff happened. Just before the TV show actually aired, the announcer said, this is a dramatisation. It's a little bit like Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, but in TV format. But they only said it once. And if you missed that part of the show at the beginning, which I did and my family did, you were watching this where bona fide presenters and news anchors were talking about something as if it was genuinely happening. And this went crazy in the UK. The following day, all the tabloids went absolutely batshit because the lines at the BBC were jammed with between 30 to 50,000 callers shitting bricks, saying that crazy stuff was happening in their houses. Mass hysteria across the land. There were some more sinister things reported on. We 
won't touch on them, but the BBC, because of all the negativity that happened, and again, people couldn't talk on Twitter, people couldn't say, oh, it's staged, did you not miss the thing at the beginning? The playground at school the following day, I remember everybody was talking about it, the place was alive with buzz about it, but because of the negative stuff, the BBC buried this no pun intended, for 10 years. They didn't talk about it. It's as if it never happened. But after 10 years, what happened was folks on the internet started to talk about it. It's like when Star Trek The Next Generation first came out, everybody hated it because it was not like the original. Then the people that were kids then, down the road, started to love it and it got talked about and it became popular and the movies came out. Same thing with this. People started talking about it on the internet and 10 years down the road, they released a DVD edition and then they released a 30th anniversary Blu-ray set last year at Halloween. So I caught something on the internet, it was recommended on YouTube and it was a behind the scenes look at exactly how this unfolded with interviews with the people that actually wrote it and the kickback that happened. So if you're in the UK and this has tickled your nostalgia slightly, there'll be a link in the show notes, you can go and check that out. And that is pretty much it from me. So how about you Dave, what you been up to? Like you, busy week but not a whole lot getting done. Spent a bit of time at Omega having a sniff around some of their newer pieces as we've discussed earlier and I am getting my little bottom red for a trip to Berlin for work so that's going to be taking up a few of the coming days as well so outside of that nope not a huge amount of excitement but we have a huge amount of stuff coming up whether that be various watch releases or of course the big one that being Dubai Watch Week in the next few weeks and then some other stuff in early December that we're going to be going on to create some more content for everyone to listen to and these days to watch on YouTube as well well that's the end of our show we have had a lot of hands-on experience with watches, be it in boutiques, be it getting presented to like Dave with the Omegas, or getting in the hand at Scottish Watches Towers and being able to take our own photos and video, which is something we always ask brands to do, because going off a render and telling you about new releases is not as cool as being able to say, hold on a minute, this is what's great about the watch, but also bear in mind this as well. So brands, if you're listening, get in touch if you want us to talk about your watches, to do honest reviews, we'll tell it like it is. If there's something we're not happy with, we will bring it up. So if you think your product can stand on its own two feet and you want us to take a little bit of a look behind the scenes with it definitely get in touch and that email address for everybody, not just brands is info at scottishwatches.co.uk Don't DM us on Instagram we never get to see them. But if you want us to talk about something, you've got an idea for a guest you've got some comments, positive or negative, either works or you've got some questions because people have been sending us in some questions for some of the brands we've had on the show and we'll talk about those on the next edition. Also check us out on Instagram at Scottish watches and our YouTube channel is starting to bustle with lots of activity as we're putting the shows on there and we've had a couple of video guys who are going through our back catalogue of interview shows so brands like Studio Underdog brands like the Limited Edition Accurist, some of the early ones that we started recording video with they're going to start to appear as well and we're going to cut up the episodes a little bit so the main show will appear there between 45 minutes to an hour and then the little segments will appear thereafter so if you're specifically after a review of a watch or a new item you'll be able to pick and choose but that's pretty much it Dave anything else I've forgotten I don't think you've forgotten anything I will just remind you don't send us DMs only send us emails if you wish a response you'll just get lost in all the spam the junk and the I'm an influencer would you like to pay me to advertise to my bot audience we're not into that kind of stuff we know what we're doing we kind of think so that is it that is the end of the show thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys again soon take care (laughs) 